Thanks for joining us on the Forward Church Podcast. We are a church that will see chains broken. I believe we are a church that, you know, I, I, I believe, I'm crazy enough to believe that signs and wonders still follow the believers. But we're going to talk about what it means to believe today. We're going to really talk about what it means to believe because I believe that, I believe that a lot of our questions that we face today as believers, I'm using that word a lot, we, we have these, these theological questions. And, and, and I don't know, I probably need to give you credit for this, and I can't remember who it was. Somebody posted on Facebook yesterday or day before yesterday. They said um, something about believe, and, and even the demons believe. It, 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 it takes more than just belief. And I understood the heart behind the, 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 the post, and it was someone here, and I can't remember. And, and I started to comment, and I was like, well, I would, I'm just going to start this whole theological discussion, so I might as well just not do it on social media. And, and I love the, the thought-provoking statement that that post was making because it really stirred something in my spirit that God was already placing in me to share with you. Because what does it mean to actually believe? What does it mean to believe? Because I think what we've done today is we've, we've boiled down and we've, we've sort of dumbed down belief to just saying something or thinking something. But it's so much more than that. So much more than that. I'm going to be preaching on Numbers chapter 14 today. Numbers chapter 14. And this is, this is the rebellion. I'm not going to read a main text. It's going to be a little different today. What is the main text? Numbers chapter 14. What's the main text? Numbers chapter 14. What's the main text? So I want you to open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 14. And I want you to leave your Bibles open. And I'm not going to, for many of you, you know that we stand for the reading of God's Word. We're not going to do that today. For those of you who are overachievers, I want to ask you to go ahead and you can be seated. But here's the thing. We're going to preach, I'm going to preach on all of Numbers 14 today. And I'm not going to make you stand for 40-something verses of reading today. And I was troubling myself. I was like, what is my main text? Numbers 14. (laughs) It's the whole chapter is, is the main text today. Let me set this message up. This is actually the rebellion of Israel at a place called Kadesh Barnea. It's a valley that the Israelites have, have found themselves in after, after coming out of Egypt. The promised land is right in front of them. God has given it to them. All they got to do is take it. All they got to do is take it. But something very tragic happens in this chapter. The Israelites reject the promised land by doubting. By doubting. And so I want to bring you a message today that I've just simply titled, To Believe or Not to Believe. To Believe or Not to Believe. Will you pray with me? God, I come before you, and I praise you, God, for this message that you've downloaded into my heart. And I just ask, God, that you would anoint these lips. God, let everything I say, everything I do, let it bring glory and honor to your name. 
Lord, let these words pierce the hearts of the congregation that we would not just be hearers of your word, but doers. And God, I'll be quick to give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Fist bump your neighbor and say, get ready. Three ways that people show doubt in this scripture, we see these exact same ways surface in our life today. Numbers chapter 14, the Israelites have a decision on whether or not to believe what God has told them or to believe the report of the 10 negative words of the 10 spies out of the 12 that were sent into the promised land. Sadly, they listened to the report of the 10 and here's the result that took place. The first way that they doubted and the way that doubt surfaces in our life is this. Number one, they doubted by mourning. Verse one actually starts off by saying that all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried and the people wept that night. All night long they wept. They mourned at their dilemma. And what was their dilemma? Their dilemma was between faith and unbelief. If you read Numbers chapter 14 and you read the decision that they had, it was a decision really not to whether or not to conquer the land that God has given them. It was, the, it was a decision or a dilemma between belief or unbelief. To believe or not to believe. And the children of Israel was confronted with two reports guarding, regarding the promised land. Two of the twelve spies, Caleb and... Caleb and... How many Bible readers do we have in the house? Praise God for the Bible readers. Praise God because they will inherit the kingdom of God. That's actually the 11th commandment. Amen. <laughs> Two of the twelve spies, Caleb and Joshua, said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. That was Numbers 13 and 30 and Numbers 14 and 6. But the other ten spies said, What God has promised about the land is true, nevertheless. And see, that's a lot of times what the enemy will begin in your mind will just distort what God already said. He won't begin by saying, God, really, he, he won't turn it around completely. He'll just twist it just a little bit. Oh, I believe what God said, but and how many times in our life have we actually said that to ourselves? I believe what you said, God, but I believe what you told me, God, but, and listen to what they said. Nevertheless, the natives of the land are too mighty, and we cannot overcome them. We can't overcome them. We can't, can't shouldn't be in our vocabulary. Despite what God has promised, they had unbelief in their hearts. The people chose to listen to the bad. Some translations say that the people of Israel chose to, to it wasn't just a bad report that they chose to listen to, it was an evil report. The word evil has heavier connotations to it than bad, doesn't it? I can say something is bad and you'll say, well, yeah, it is. But if I say something's evil, that just takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it? And we understand that this was an evil report. Why? 
Because it went against what God had already told them. It went against God's word. It went against God's promise. And it was mourning that gave into their feeling of unbelief and fear. And a lot of times this was the type, and, and, you know, we, ha- we experienced mourning in our life. We mourn over the loss of a loved one, but this was completely different right here. This was the type of mourning that allowed feelings to rule in one's life instead of faith in the living God. See, when we mourn in the sense of allowing our feelings to overcome us instead of knowing that our faith in God and believing he is who he says he is, when we allow those feelings to to overrule us and overcome us and it leads to mourning, that's when doubt and unbelief sets in. And here, what they're clinging to are the feelings of fear and the mourning is plain sin and rebellion. Now, I know this ain't popular preaching, but a lot of times our mourning in our life can actually be sin and rebellion against God when it goes against what he's already told us to do. And their feelings did not by any means justify their rebellion. And a lot of times, now this is better preaching than what y'all are letting on this morning. A lot of times we justify our rebellion against God because of the way we feel. But our feelings do not justify our doubt. And our feelings do not justify our rebellion. And what sometimes, I want you to understand, clinging to feelings can be sin. That's hard preaching right there, Pastor. And I'm not expecting you to shout, and I'm not expecting you to to stand on your head when I'm preaching this this morning. But we're going somewhere. And I want you to understand before we move on this morning, faith leads, feelings follow. And you can either choose to follow your feelings, or you can choose to have faith, and then your feelings will follow. Faith leads, feelings follow. This was mourning, this was really mourning over a law. See, we usually mourn because something or someone has died. Here, God was trying to cause something to die. The flesh, the sin nature, the old man, as much as it could in an old covenant sense. And Israel mourned because they wanted the old man to live, not die. How many times... Have we been at a crossroads in our life and we've got a decision to make and we've got a choice to make and we can either die to the flesh, we can die to ourself, we can die to our emotions, we can die to our feelings, or we can follow those feelings and reap the results thereof of the flesh. Or we can choose to reap the results and the fruit of the Spirit in our life because the flesh and the spirit are in constant battle I'm bringing this into a new covenant sense the flesh and the spirit are in constant battle against other and the flesh will tell you all the things the flesh because the flesh wants the easy way out the flesh wants the path of least resistance but I'm gonna tell you something a lot of times God is not gonna ask you to do something that makes total sense to you Because if God asked you to do something that makes total sense to you, would it even require faith? No, it would not. That's why the Bible says we walk not according to the flesh, but according to who? The Spirit. We need to pray. They not only doubted, by mourning, 
they doubted by murmuring. Did y'all come ready for this this morning? I think I've totally blindsided you with this message this morning. But here's how they doubted by, more, by, by murmuring. They murmured against their leaders, and they murmured against God. It's a sad day when a whole nation, congregation, mourns against their leader, or murmurs against their leader, and murmurs against God. They said this in chapter 14, If we had only died... If we had only died in the wilderness, murmuring, if we had only, uh, that's, that's the attitude I sense when I hear it. And because of their murmuring, now this is a little side note. Somebody say this is a side note. This ain't in these notes. This is, this is in these notes. God pointed out that there were only going to be two people to accept to actually walk into the promised land, two of whom were Joshua and Caleb. And he said this because they, he said, you will, you will only be the only two that's going to step into the promised land because you have a different spirit about you. And this was actually not talking or a reference to the Holy Spirit. This was a reference to their attitude. This is when we're talking about, well, he or she is in such good spirit today. You ever said that? You ever seen what? You ever said, man, he, she is in good spirits, or I'm in good spirits today. This was what this was referring to right here. And God said, you're going to be the only two to actually step into the promised land because you have a different spirit. You have a different attitude than all the other ones. And while everybody else is murmuring, tragically, see, here's, they said if we had only died, the challenge of faith before the people seemed so great, so grievous, that they would rather have died than go on with what the Lord has for them. And tragically, for this generation, God would give them what their rebellious, unbelieving hearts wanted. They would, in fact, die in the wilderness. Ain't this tough this morning? Be careful what you murmur. Be careful what we murmur. They said, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? Now, here's where they start murmuring against God. Here they directly accuse the Almighty with sin and evil towards them. How many times have we accused God Almighty with sin and evil toward us? I read a lot of commentary on this this week and I actually I had about 8 to 10 pages of notes when I first started typing out this message and I got it down to 6 because about 6 is the sweet spot where you know the the, the time but I took this out. I'm going to say it anyway. I'm going to say it anyway. See, a lot of times when, when, when we get to a season in life where we're not quite sure, we want, to, we want to test God. 
And, 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 and Pastor Brandon quoted an amazing scripture this morning, taste and see. Sometimes you just got to taste and see. It's one thing to taste and see. It's another thing to test the Lord your God. And, and, and God is a God that you can be real with him and you can bring all your feelings to him and you can, you, he, I mean, he can, he can take it. But we got to check our heart a lot of times because we got to remember who we are talking to. See, because culture has a very distorted, if not incomplete, at the very least, view of who God is today. God is God Almighty. He is the uncreated one. He is the same yesterday. To, he is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the creator of the universe. Yet he loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. we got to remember who we're talking to sometimes. And here are the children of Israel. They directly accused the Almighty with sin and evil towards them. They were angry with God, accusing him of plotting the murder of them and their wives and their children. God, did you bring us here just for us to die by the sword? And a lot of times we think God has just led us here to leave us here. But God didn't lead you to where you're at to leave you where you're at. God still has a plan and a purpose for your life. And listen to me. Listen to me. You don't discover your plan and your purpose by seeking after your plan and your purpose. The world, this is better than what people are letting on this morning. I don't know if they're still sleepy or what, but I'm having a hard time up here not addressing the fact that I know. We don't discover our purpose by seeking after our purpose. We discover our purpose by seeking after the kingdom first and seeking after God. Go ahead. If you need to lead it, go ahead and lead it. Somebody has to. Seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness, and then all of these things will be. And we think we discover our purpose by seeking our purpose, but you're... Real purpose can't be found in this world. Your real purpose can't even be found in you. Your true purpose can only be found in God. And this was a deep state of rebellion that we see here. God, who can do no evil, with whom there is no shadow of turning, was called evil and a, was called evil and a murderer by his own people. i got to move on. They doubted, number three, by longing for the memory of Egypt. Punch your neighbor and say, we're going somewhere. Well, if it was just like it used to be. Oh, I miss the way things used to be. Let me tell you, I'm not preaching against what God is here. I'm not preaching against Bible reading. I'm not preaching against prayer. I'm not preaching against, I'm not, I'm not dishonoring the saints of old. But when we start longing for the way things used to be is when we start doubting the very promise and purpose and plan that God has over us in the here and in the now and also in the future. To long for the memory of the past is, 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 to, is to murmur and doubt the very plan that God has for us right here, right now, and in the future. This is difficult, I know. 
They said, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Here's how you know if the thought that you're thinking is a thought from God or a thought from the enemy. If it's a thought to provoke you to turn around and go back, it's not from God. Because this was not a better plan right here. In the first ten chapters of Numbers, God led Israel through a process intended to change them, listen to me, from a slave-minded people to a promised land people. And if you want my opinion this morning, this is my opinion, take it with a grain of salt. We've got too many slave-minded people still in the church today. But God said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Meaning, change the way you think. Put on the mind of Christ. We've got a slave-minded people, meaning we're still a slave to the sin of the past that Jesus has already come and bled and died for and defeated. And I'm here, and listen, I'm trying to get somewhere, and I want to just hurry up and get there this morning, but I'm trying to let you understand the magnitude of what we're dealing with today in the church and in the culture of the world that we're living in. Because the question that we're faced with every day is to believe or not to believe what God is speaking in our life and what he says in this book called the Bible, the word of the living God. Do we believe that this is the word of God, or do we not believe this is the word of God? And if we believe this is the word of God, then we should act accordingly see here's the thing make no mistakes what Israel rejected here was a walk of faith they even said this let us select a leader and return to Egypt this was pure rebellion they said that they would they they did not want God's plan they did not want God's leaders and they did not want God's land see what your your actions speak louder than your words sometimes And you can say one thing, I believe in God, but what does your actions say? Because your actions, if you are mourning, mummering, or trying to long for the memory of something in in your past, then your actions are saying something completely different. See, notice how man centered their rebellion was. Me centered. Man centered. They said to one another, Numbers 14, it says, they said to one another, This is where the enemy loves to start right here. This is where the enemy loves this is where the enemy loves to sow discord in the church. This is where the enemy loves to sow discord in the kingdom. What he'll do is he'll get two or three people together just just to they said among one another. Not in the presence of Joshua or Caleb or Moses, but let's just get together. Let's just get together and let's, let's, just, let's just talk about this. And such meeting was never sanctified by God. The decision were, was made among themselves, believing their majority vote had more wisdom than God. Golly, really, pastor? A lot of times, I'm on it this morning, and y'all, I don't know if y'all like it or not. This is different than last week, I know, but again, we're going somewhere. A lot of times we believe that the majority vote among the people is a better decision than what the wisdom of God is. God, I know, what did the spy, what did the ten spies say? I know what you say, God. But nevertheless, 
God, I know what you said, but, you know, don't you think that we just really need to go? And see, that's what the enemy does. He'll plant a thought in a few people's minds and get that person to go around and murmur with other people. And that same, and see, here's the thing. That same spirit will rub off on those people. And before you know it, the whole assembly is wishing they would have just died in the wilderness. But I've come by to tell somebody at Forward Church this morning, God don't expect us to die in the wilderness. I don't expect us to die in the wilderness. The best is still yet to come. And I believe God is here with us right now. And he's saying the land can be conquered. And I just want to tell somebody there's still yet to be land. There's more land. There's more land. As long as there are lost souls, there's more land. As long as there's breath in our lungs, there's more land. As long as we are here on the face of this earth, the battle is not over. And so right here, right now, they just begin to say, Oh, I think we know what's better. So let us select. Let us select a leader. If you don't hear anything else I say today, I need you to hear this. Okay, this is the main point. It's not a one, two, three, four, five, six outline. It's a one-point outline, and here it is. Are y'all ready for it? To believe in God means to accept all he says and to act accordingly. And to add on to that, it means to trust his promises and obey his commands. To accept what he says. Somebody say that. To accept it and to act accordingly. That's what believe means. A lot of times, we have a 50% definition of what believe actually is. We think believe is just to accept. But believe, to truly believe, doesn't just mean to accept. It means to accept it and to act accordingly. And the type of faith that I'm preaching about this morning is an action word. It's one of those things where we can just say, I have faith, or we can show it. By the way we act. Faith will fight every battle and faith has never lost the battle. If you don't believe me, ask a man by the name of David. If you don't believe him, if you still don't believe that faith has never lost the battle, ask the three Hebrew boys. If you still don't believe that faith has never lost the battle, ask Moses, ask Joshua. Faith knows how to win. Because faith is believing in what God said and acting upon what God said. Here are some thoughts on how to fight and win using faith. And I'm going to close with this really quickly. Number one, faith fights fears. If you're afraid this morning, if you're stepping into a season of the unknown, can I just encourage you this morning and say this, faith fights fears. Faith and fear are always fighting against each other. And as a matter of fact, they are completely opposite of one another. As a matter of fact, if you're afraid in what God is asking you this morning, then it's probably a good sign that it's the will of God and that you need to step out on faith. Many people allow fear to torment them with the thoughts that they entertain. The thoughts that you're entertaining, the thoughts that the enemy's speaking over your mind this morning, and you're constantly entertaining those thoughts. But the Bible says we need to take every thought what? Captive. If fear ever gets in the life of a believer, faith attacks fear. But I want you to understand, faith also fights fear and faith wins. Number two, faith fights feelings. 
faith not only fights your fears, but faith fights feelings. All those emotions. What did I tell you at the beginning? They rebelled, they doubted in their feelings. They mourned, they murmured. But faith leads and feelings follow and faith fights feelings. Let's face it, there are times when we don't feel victorious. There are times when you don't feel victorious. But just because you don't feel victorious doesn't mean that you're not victorious because God said you're victorious. And it's time we stop focusing on our feelings. We live in a world today that is so consumed by the way we feel. Make me feel good. That's why I didn't get a lot of amens in the sermon this morning because it didn't make you feel good. Whoo, did he just say that? You give amens when it feels good. I need to go move on. There are times when we don't feel like we are highly favored of the Lord, but according to the Bible, we are. Sometimes you just praise Him because He's God. Sometimes you just shout unto Him because He is God. Sometimes you just, you might not feel anything, but you go ahead and praise Him because He's God. Even when you don't feel it, He's working. He's wonderful, he's counselor, he's mighty God, he's everlasting father, prince of peace, healer, deliverer, provider, miracle worker. That's the God we serve. He is God and God never changes. We might need to get back to some of those songs, amen, because there was some good theology in those songs, amen. I'm not preaching against those things. I'm not talking about returning to bondage. I'm talking about my God's still God and God don't ever change. I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God when the lightning flashes. He's God when the thunder rolls. He's God way up in heaven. He's God down in my soul. Come on, if He's God down in your soul this morning, I know God is God, and God doesn't change when my feelings change. As a matter of fact, I serve a God who can change the way I feel. Last but not least, faith fights facts. Facts are truth, and facts don't lie. Look at your neighbor and say, that ain't a lie. But faith can overcome facts. The doctor's report, it doesn't mean that the doctor's report's not true. It just means that faith can overcome the doctor's report. It doesn't mean that the diagnosis is not true. What it means is that faith fights facts. Faith is not ignoring facts. That's ignorance. That's being oblivious. Faith is not being oblivious to the facts, but faith fights facts. It doesn't matter what the facts say. If God says he can do it, then he can do it. It's never too late with God and with faith in God. Even facts are not final because we serve the God of impossibilities. We serve the God who can accomplish exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond whatever even more than we ask or we can think or imagine. Nothing in motion or coming from the enemy is too big that God cannot stop it. It might already be in motion. The divorce papers might already be on your table. The eviction notice might already be in your mailbox. The bankruptcy Filing might already been submitted, but I'm here to tell you God can stop things that are already in motion. Faith can fight facts, 
And it's time somebody stands on the promises of God's word and believes that if he says it, he can do it. And when you stand up in faith, your faith fights facts and faith will, will come out a winner. Faith will always win. Everybody stand. Later in Numbers 14, what happens is very sobering, if you will. It's very alarming, very sobering. This is really talking in reference between verses 39 and 45. And here's what happens. People told Moses, after they mourned all night long, and after they rejected God, they said, we're going to go now, Moses. We'll go. It's like when you, you tell your kids something, and, and, and you're like, no, it's too late now. You know. Here's what happens. People try to go up the mountain and possess the land on their own. It says that they, they went without their leader, Moses, and they went without the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. You know what that, the Holy Spirit spoke something into my heart when I read that. You know what that's called? It's called religion. Doing something without a shepherd and without the presence of God. It's just religion. Just doing what you know you're supposed to do, but without God. And what happened when they did this? They were defeated. They were driven back. And here's what God dropped into my heart. Faith without works is dead. We've all read that scripture, right? Faith without works is dead. But I want you to understand something also. Works without faith is religion. And that's where many of you are right now. See, you thought that this was all about uh, faith without works, but really what probably would touch more of you in this house this morning is a works without faith. Now, I'm not minimizing the other. You can fit into either one of these two categories this morning. You can fit into a faith without works. See, you can say you have faith, but where's the works? Where's the action? Or you might be on the verge of burnout this morning because you're working without faith. And that's religion. And religion will burn you out. Religion will chew you up and spit you out and leave you. The banner verse of Christianity, I'm closing with it today. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life again though what does it mean to believe what does that mean what does it mean to believe in God what was my main point to believe in God means to accept all that he says and to act accordingly 
We need to get that in our spirit this morning. It means to not only accept what he says, but to act accordingly. What's the goal? The goal this morning that I came with as pastor and as shepherd of this flock was to move you to action. Faith in action. That's what God is longing for today. Not just lip service, but actual one foot in front of the other, walk by faith, not by sight. No matter your circumstances, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter what it feels like, no matter what report you've got, no matter how bad it seems, no matter how big the giants are, no matter how tall the walls are, no matter how fortified the city is, no matter what it looks like, act according to the Word of God. And when you act in faith, you win. You win. Well, Pastor, I've got this problem. I've got that problem. I have this addiction. I have this addiction. I have secret things in my life you don't even know about. I'm telling you, your faith can defeat it all. Your God can defeat it all. But it begins with you opening up your mouth and giving an invitation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to come in and remove all those sins, all that guilt, all that shame, all of those chains, all of that depression, and proclaim this morning whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Every, bow, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we come before you right now. Thanks again for joining us for today's message at Forward Church. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook or check us out at forwardchurchonline.com.